0: If you've ever wanted to know how to get started without a lot of experience, or no properties under your belt, and how do you approach investors when you haven't got a proven track record, pay attention. This podcast will give you some insights. Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing
0: portfolio of your dreams. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. So first and foremost, before we dive into this, and I offer some context and set this up for you, just want to give a quick shout out to Dave Knight from the First Responders uh, Investment Network. Dave is a fantastic real estate investor out of Ontario. He He hosts a wonderful podcast. So if you are interested in checking out Dave's podcast, that'd be under the First Responders Network. Dave, you know, Here's a a message that's really cool there is Dave really niches down on who he helps serve. And that's a very big message for each and every one of you, if you are listening to this podcast, is who's your niche? Who do you serve? Here's somebody who just literally and truly just provides support and resources and guidance for first responders ambulance, police, fire, all the first responders. And he just really niches down. He niches down to blow up, if you will, for lack of a better term. So congratulations, Dave, you're doing a fantastic job. You also have a fantastic uh, podcast. So guys, by all means, if you are interested in checking out another one, or maybe you're in that that world of being a first responder, and maybe you want to have some top-notch resources from somebody who's in the trenches that is doing this on a daily basis by all means, check out Dave Knight and wherever you're listening to this on my podcast, I will put a link to Dave's show as well. So just want to get that out of the way. Just a big thank you to Dave. I was a a guest on his podcast and, um, you know, just grateful. I'm just honoured. Anytime I have an opportunity to be on somebody else's podcast to just share to a wider audience to share more inspiration to share knowledge to just give back to the community of real estate investors that has just helped me so much. So one thing I'm going to just mention if any of you out there have a podcast, or maybe you're a real estate investor, maybe you're even thinking about starting a podcast. Um, I highly encourage you to do that. The more people you can communicate to, the more people can get your message out, or maybe you have a webinar that you want to put on, by all means, hit me up. Um, I'd be honored to, if there's something that I can provide some value or some inspiration or some service, uh, I'd love to be on your show. Uh, I can help you out a lot there. Let's put it this way when you invite me out to be on either your podcast or a webinar or a meetup or a live presentation, I make it very easy for you. I've been doing this for 20 years. I have an entire repertoire. I have an entire stable of presentations that I can just deliver and inspire your audience into moving forward and taking some action. And I just love to do it. And I have all the the headshots. I have all the write-ups. It, let's put it this way. If you book me on a, on a podcast, I make it very easy for you. Okay. So in this one, we dive into, a little bit of my origin story and you're going to hear something. And I honestly not sure if I have shared this in a previous episode up to here. You probably have heard this whole thing of this cassette tape on this, how this cassette tape came in the mail for me and how it changed the trajectory of uh, the direction I was going within real estate. Um, I imagine you probably have heard it a few times. You're probably going, oh no, not the cassette tape story again. Yes. The cassette tape story makes an appearance here. It was actually one of those Pivotal signature stories on how I changed the direction of where I was going. Now, here's the question I'm going to ask you guys. Um, Do you have a signature story, right? Do you have a story that you can pull out whenever you're being interviewed or on somebody else's podcast or you're being on a webinar that you can pull out a story that shares with people how you got started? You know, how things were, you know, maybe when you were just just like everybody else when you got started and then how it transformed that one moment, how it transformed everything into where you are today. Signature stories are absolutely critical to, to success and real estate. And by all means, have number of signature stories within your, you know, your interview bag of tricks, if you will. So we dive into that. We also dive into um, an analogy I use quite often if people are feeling that they're, um, not moving forward, or maybe they don't have a a portfolio of properties yet. And there's some fear about approaching other people to invest with them. There's a firefighter analogy that I use. So, see, you get it. I, you know, Dave's with the first responders network, and I used an analogy of firefighters that was intentionally designed, right? You just want to, you know, make yourself Uh, liked by the audience of the people that you're going to uh, deliver your message to, okay? So really we dive into some quick origin story, but the big thing we dive into is potentially on how to move forward uh, approaching other people, approaching investors if you haven't built a portfolio of real estate, okay? So with all that being said, let's get right after it and make sure you stick around right to the end because I have a little message for you on a wrap-up. Okay, guys, Enjoy.
1: All right, today I got Russell Westcott on the show, and I'm excited to interview you, Russell. Um, not only are you an author of uh, two best-selling books, but you're an investor and a coach, speaker, and a real wealth of knowledge in multiple areas within real estate investing. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with Russell, I'll let you inter, or, um, you know, open open up the conversation here and let people know who you are and maybe how you got even started in real estate
0: yeah well awesome so so thank you dave um first of all you know i i feel like i'm looking into the mirror when you flex because I've, I've been actually hitting the gym three days in a row so i'm i'm feeling really good about myself again here and i'm so i feel like i'm looking in the mirror here when i when there i there <laughs> Oh I'm joking. No no, but before we dive into this, Dave, I um, wanted to offer you uh, something. Um, I saw that you've put on a some workshops of late where you've been helping some of the platoons and some of the people that you serve into getting investing in real estate and the wonderful mm. thing about how to and buy investment properties and stuff. So I wanted to just offer you a big congratulations for diving in wow. that and serving and helping people.
1: Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. it yeah. took a, Took a lot to even get there and get the approval from from the workplace, but uh, yeah. So I'm happy to help others, and hopefully this will help others as well.
0: Well, absolutely. But that's you know, congratulations. And and then the other is you know, before we got rolling here, you told you're telling me that you're doing one of your first. Are uh, you doing a big project right now with investor capital? It's one of your first projects that you've used other people's money for.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm excited about it, and uh, things are going well. So it's all it's all looking good so far.
0: Yeah, nice. Well, yeah. congratulations. So, so obviously, who's interviewing who here at the moment?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we <laughs> so can go both is, ways. I'm I'm actually <laughs>
0: hijacking Dave's podcast yeah. here today. And you know, my name's Dave Knight. And, exactly. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> no, what a, what I you know, sometimes we often deflect the easiest question. And the easiest mm-hmm. question is, tell me about yourself. And then, you know, we're yeah. humble Canadians and we deflect it because we don't want to talk about ourselves. We're actually more happy to talk about other people's successes and, no, and wonderful things like that. Right. So um, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, I, I'm honored to have this opportunity to share with your audience. And, and you know, here's the thing. My, my story starts very similar to probably the majority of people that are, are going to be listening to this. I've been doing this real estate game, geez, what is it now? probably getting close to 20 years coming on. Uh, My first, uh, obviously, my story that really just kind of resonated with me to kind of kick me into gear was like most people in this world is I was watching Oprah. Mm -hmm. And Oprah had this guest on there of a fellow named Robert Kiyosaki. And Robert Kiyosaki talked about this concept called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, and mm-hmm. you can actually, if you look over my shoulder, it, right about there, I got multiple oh, copies go. of Rich yeah. Dad, Poor Dad in the bookshelf there.
1: Assets versus liabilities. Absolutely.
0: And then the whole yeah. thing about money coming in, you know, buy, build businesses, invest in real estate, and a very simple concept, right? Mm-hmm. Um Interesting to note now, you know, almost 20 years later, when I go back and I read that book again, I'm sitting there going, geez, you know what, I really, it really didn't teach much in that book. But what it did was it just changed the framework. It changed the conversation. It changed the way I was looking at things. It was an inflection point, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So at that time, um, after reading that and got, you know, quite inspired and the direction I wanted to go and, you know, I had no idea. Here's the thing. I was renting a basement suite. I had only, I grew up in a mobile home park in Saskatchewan, in small town Saskatchewan. I'd only lived in one house. I'd never even bought a property in my life, ever. Never even called for a mortgage, never did anything. And lo and behold, right around that time, I was having a 30th birthday. So I'm a a recovering self-diagnosed Peter Pan syndrome at that time (laughs) that eventually you do have to grow up.
1: Yeah, we all face that challenge right? at, at some point. <laughs> so, so
0: I decided to, you know what, like most people, I decided to take my future and, you know, what am I going to do? I, I, you know, I'm not getting there. I actually had a really good job. I had a good T4 statement and, and it, was, it was good. But, you know, sometimes when you're climbing the ladder and the ladder's leaning up against the wrong wall, you're still going the wrong direction, right? Even though you're, mm-hmm. you're making progress. So I got a little bit of a fire in my belly. So the first conversation I had was with a, uh, you know, obviously path of least resistance. You go talk to your mutual fund salesman. Right? Not a that, good idea. That's your financial planner for most <laughs> people, that, right? <laughs> and then, yep. interesting to note, he also recommended Rich Dad Poor Dad to me at the same time. So he was he was really good. And then from there, it led me into a a whole journey down reading all the Rich Dad series. And the one that resonated with me the most was real estate. And mm. you know, I I don't know why because I never really had any interest before. I never had any experience. I never bought a property. Like I said, renting a basement suite with a roommate. Um, I had no idea. So I just decided that was it. I went to a workshop and at that workshop, uh, I ran into and I met some amazing people. The first amazing person I really learned from was Mr. Don Campbell, who is the author of a lot of these books as you can see yep. there. Don Campbell, the founding partner of the Real Estate Investment Network, became an early mentor of mine, a phenomenal, phenomenal human being, and learned so much from him. And then from there, just dove into a a whole world of investing in real estate and investing in myself, investing in my education, and lots of bumps and trials and tribulations and a whole bunch of stuff like that. But it was, um, that's kind of the starting story for me is really reading a book, getting some information. Um, finding a good mentor and investing in myself and investing in my education.
1: Those are all important, important tips there. And it's interesting to hear how people got started. And it's, it's also amazing how many times that book or, or Rich Dad Poor Dad always comes up to people's minds first yeah. and foremost, when, when they really kind of start changing their, their, their thought pattern or their mindset towards, towards really what, what an asset is. You Absolutely. Know?
0: And, and so. then from there, really, that just started the conversation. But I still had a big, giant hurdle to overcome. The biggest hurdle I had overcome, now. I, I share this story all the time. So I went, I learned and I got into this real estate gig. I went to another conference, no different than a lot of people that are probably going to this conference. And I had uh, someone came on stage and this person comes on stage, you know, cowboy boots, wranglers, <laughs> belt, b- big belt buckle comes on stage and. And, you know, it's one of those conferences where, you know, you're all excited and pumped up and everybody's, you know, global domination. Raw, raw, raw. Give me an R. Give me an E. Give me an L. Real estate. (laughs) Woo, woo, woo. Right? Everybody's all fired up. Okay. (laughs) And then this person walks up on stage and they said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you a fundamental truth of real estate. And I'm going, okay, I'm sitting there with my notepad. Okay, what's this fundamental truth? It's a truth bomb coming. And he, he goes, money is required to buy real estate. And I could honestly, when he, after he said that the entire room, all the air and all the excitement <laughs> left that room. Yeah. Why do you think so it we, left that room, Dave?
1: Well, because it's a reality that, uh, that takes place. Like we don't have any money. Well, Exactly.
0: Everyone's <laughs> going, Oh, I don't have any money. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then after he let that shock settle in, he then came out and said, but here's the good news. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't have to be your money. So then that's the punchline. Absolutely. So then that led me down a whole journey about studying how to use other people's capital because my only choices at the time, I had two choices um, quit or find out how to use other people's money because I didn't have the capital. I could qualify for mortgages, but I did not have any capital to invest in real estate. Quite honestly, when I looked at all my bank statements, now we're talking back in the day of paper bank statements and going Mm -hmm. to your little bank book. Now we're not talking online stuff. Yeah, yeah. The largest number I saw was my visa bill, mm-hmm. and it was not a good foundation to move forward to buy real estate. So I had to learn an entire process of how to raise capital from other people and work with other people because that's the only way I could have moved forward. So
1: interesting. So that's really where you started. You started using other people's money and start building your portfolio that way. Right from day one, I had no other choice. My, like right, I said, right. well,
0: sorry, I did have a choice. My choice was quit or figure, right. figure it out, which and should
1: not be. A choice.
0: (laughs) No, which is, well, it it could have been a choice, but it wasn't.
1: (laughs) Good, good, good for you. Yeah. So what did you feel was uh, the most impactful or most um, mind, the biggest mind shift for you of getting over that first hurdle, maybe of using other people's money?
0: Interesting to note. Now, Dave, how old are you? I'm 36. 36. So you will understand this reference. And I imagine many of your listeners will understand this reference. Um, To me, the main answer to me came from, so uh, go back, so to complete the story, I was learning, I knew that I had to raise other people's capital. I then learned how to get the banks on board. That was number one is I wanted to take the path of least resistance. Let's find out how the banks can lend me more money for mortgages. At that time, they were lending 75% loan-to-value of the property. So I learned how the banks worked, okay? I learned how to put together the best presentation package when going into the bank and how to present yourself on, on the best foot forward and have banks say yes to a mortgage application, okay? Mm-hmm. But I was still missing one thing. The one thing I was missing was down payments, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I often, I joke about it now, ah, detail shmeetails, right? De- right, Just a little 20 25% down payment. And then the answer came to me, and this is the reference that you will hopefully understand, and your listeners will understand. An answer came in Canada Post snail mail, in the form of a cassette tape. Now, for the younger demographic out there who has two thousand songs on these ranks, <laughs> these fancy device, I could
1: say I, I could say Russell, I had purchased a, a cassette tape in my day, so don't it, worry, yes, I'm not too far behind.
0: <laughs> so, so get this yellow brick Walkman, fuzzy earbuds, um, cassette tape in there. And I, I I remember like yesterday where I was living, it just came in the mail and I was just heading out on the way to catch an airplane ride from from Burnaby, British Columbia to Winnipeg for a sales conference with uh, with Kraft Foods at the time I was with. And so I got this cassette tape and on this cassette tape was a, uh, I think it was about a 35 or 40 minute presentation by a fellow by the name of Arlen Dolan who was an early mentor of mine who became an early mentor of mine but on there he talked about this concept of raising money from other people and this concept called joint ventures mm. and i listened to that cassette tape forward and backwards and forwards and backwards the whole trip i listened to that one presentation from Burnaby, British Columbia to Winnipeg to the point where my battery was starting to die. My you know big yellow brick Walkman, my batteries were dying and I grabbed the old Bic pen, the old Bic pen in the side thing and spin the cassette tape around. So you don't burn your battery out, rewinding yep. it. And I listened to that thing so many times that it it honestly was, you know, I don't know if you're a movie fan, Dave, but it was an inception moment for me where go. an idea got drilled so deep into my mindset that it literally changed the way I looked at the world of that. And really the only thing I mainly got from that cassette tape was hope and a belief and a couple strategies to be able to have that conversation with people. But it really just, it was no different than reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The information on that cassette tape changed my changed my life and was an inflection point on where where things are going, where things went for me.
1: And it really helped you move forward, obviously. Oh, it,
0: it, yeah. it, it was yeah. it was it was funny. Like sometimes when you get those moments, you just can go back to that absolute point. Like I can pinpoint to that day when I got that cassette tape and I was on that airplane ride back and forth. I can pinpoint that day. And that mm. changed everything with the way I looked at real estate.
1: And and having you know those mentors and that training and the coaching that you had. So at what point did you feel comfortable? Comfortable enough to really go to someone and say, "Listen, I trust me with your money. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to be the active, you know, side of of this agreement or this this venture here." You
0: want to know the 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 brutal, honest truth? I still to this day don't have that 100% comfort.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that's true. There's always those possibilities of the unknown, right?
0: Oh, oh, there always is. You know, and I tell people is, and people that tell me that they have a little bit of fear of having the conversation about raising capital from other people, and I say, "Good." You need to have that because that means you'll treat it with good care. You'll be a good steward of mm-hmm. the money that you're you're gonna be working with. If you had no fear and you just were completely um oblivious to it, you know, I think there's some psychology psychological terms for people like that. Mm-hmm. Um but you know So to succinctly answer your question, what it really did was I I started on a journey and the journey I decided was I was going to serve others. And my 100% mindset was to help other people get a return on their money. And I put my own interests on the back seat and I made sure that I helped others first. And that really helped me get over the initial comfort level to be able to talk to another person about raising capital from them like here's one of the things and i coach an awful lot of people a lot of people come to me and they say well i don't i i'm i hate asking people or 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 you know you know i don't want to beg for feel like i'm begging for money or you know how do i get people to give me money and stuff like that all those things are complete just hogwash right Mm -hmm. here's the thing is you have an opportunity that you're willing to have somebody else participate with you Okay. now think about that as a different just in frame of frame of reference. You have a service and you have a skill and you have an ability or you have a time or you have something that you can go do and find the property. And you're just exchanging your time and your expertise and your skill set and your training for other person's capital. And they're participating with you. As a matter of fact, I'm giving that other person an opportunity, potentially an opportunity that they can't even do on their own which just completely reframes the picture when you're, when you're looking for other, other people's money.
1: Yeah. And it also comes back to the old, you know, abundance mindset, right? Where there's enough for everyone and being willing, being willing to kind of come together as a team and really look at it yep. as, as that, like you said. So. yeah, yeah And, so and
0: one of the, and I use some keywords there. I didn't want to gloss over it. One of our early mentors of mine said very clearly is you're giving somebody an opportunity to participate with you. Right. Mm. I'm not, begging for money or I'm not asking anybody for money. I'm actually going to get them to win first. And by them winning, I participate in the win, right? Mm -hmm. I only get paid if they win and I'm going to do what I can to make sure they win because the more they win, the bigger, the bigger reward I get at the same time.
1: Hmm. So I don't want to go in too many directions. because I know we're going down the right now with, with kind of getting over that mindset of, of, of OPM other people's money. Do you, when you talk to maybe your, your your new students, do you feel that that is maybe the first obstacle that they often have is one, I don't have money. How do I get started? And then two, just getting over that hurdle of, of being comfortable and, and learning the business or yep. whatever niche it is you're looking to go into and then just taking that step.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really the, the fear of, uh, of the raising of the capital is one of the hard and the mindset is one of the hardest things to get people over. Um, as I tell people all the time is number one is to teach somebody the fundamentals and the system and the step-by-step approach to raise capital is very easy to do. Like it's, it's extremely simple and I've been doing it for many, many years. The hardest Mm. part of the process is to instill into somebody the confidence that, and the belief that they can do it right Mm. now. I'm going to use a a reference and an analogy here that I'm pretty sure many of your um, listeners will understand. Now, if I had a picture up here, Picture this for a second, Dave, and everyone listening. So let's say you sit there and you see on this picture there's a, a firefighter, right? And what does a firefighter be wearing? You know, obviously the helmet and the shield and the oxygen tanks, and he probably has the axe and he has the hose and he's got all the, the gear and he has everything he, he's equipped to do mm-hmm. to, to jump into a fire to save people, right? Okay, so if somebody, most people... That see a burning house. Now, Dave, imagine for a second you're not a first responder. Just imagine (laughs) you're like everybody else, and you see a burning house. What do you typically do? What 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 do most people typically do?
1: Well, I mean, most people kind of turn away and call nine one one. Great.
0: Most people run away. Right. Mm -hmm. A few call nine one one, and then only a really select few people actually run into the fire to save people, but Mm -hmm. that few select people, what did they have to do? They had to be, they had to be equipped from head to toe with the right equipment. They had to be trained how to carry people. That's why you do those firefighter games and you carry people over your shoulder and you do that, those obstacle courses. So Mm -hmm. if you are actually equipped with the right gear, with the right helmet, with the right oxygen, with the right hoses, and you're actually equipped and you physically train yourself to do that, you will actually run into the fear of raising capital where other people will run away from it. Right. And that's mm. one of the things I get people to do is I frame it for people that we're equipping you in my training and my community and my coaching. I'm equipping people to run into it as opposed to run away from it.
1: Well, that's a perfect analogy. And I might steal that in a later show. You just, let you know. <laughs> just, just, just quote me on that one, brother. There you go. No, and, you know, and for, for me, even, I mean, when I first started out too, I always thought I had to know everything, you know, and, and really within a few phone calls or a few, you know, conversations with people, it's just, you realize you just problem solve along the way, yeah. you know, to a certain degree, obviously, but it just, you don't need to know everything You gotta have, and you have to have your team around you. So I think that's, you know, a big one that you know, is, is obviously important for any investor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, interesting to note, I just, we just came, you and I attended a big, large event out not Eastern Canada just recently. And so on a panel discussion and the, one of the ladies Evelyn shared a wonderful story is, you know what, you have to be okay to get permission, not to know everything. And that's mm-hmm. totally the, the cool thing. Now, what interesting to know. I actually, after I sat back and I thought about that and I go, I actually pride myself in knowing absolutely nothing, but knowing everybody. <sighs>
1: Yes, right. It's more
0: go. importantly, the who than the, than the what and the how it, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I was just having a coaching session with one of my clients and, um, and he, he jokes about that any person he names, they go, oh, yeah. And I say, yeah, it's actually a good friend of mine. Do you want me to introduce you? And he's going, do you know everybody? And I said, well, maybe it's interesting. Maybe I do like, and yeah, he was yeah. there. goes, he goes, okay, well, I'm looking up in Barry and I want to do some, uh, conversion of bungalows up there i go okay here's three people to call And he goes okay then he comes back and says well now i'm looking at maybe doing a conversion a apartment building conversion in hamilton i go well, here's two people to call and he goes do there you know go. everybody and i said well maybe i do <laughs> not everybody obviously i'm <laughs> no, joking no. but it's being able to go to the people that are the experts and mm-hmm. let them do what they do best and you know your job is you figure out what you want to do and you just stick in your lane. Right.
1: Cool. All right. Well, let's jump over. You mentioned some type of, uh, you know, duplexes and conversions and value add deals, whatever. What, what is it that you're investing in right now?
0: Um, interesting to note and, and maybe it's because of my age and my demographic and the, and the grayness in my beard. I'm, yeah. uh, and, and more probably so, um, probably more so some of the big financial lessons and, and things I've learned along the way and some, some, you know, kicks kicks in the stomach on a couple. So to succinctly answer your question, what I invest in is brand new construction properties in, in uh, one market in Alberta, in Edmonton and surrounding areas. And I'm buying, you know, half duplexes or half duplexes with suites or houses mm-hmm. with suites or houses with garage suites, four plexes all the way up to eight plexes interesting. Okay. And um I actually have a business partner who goes finds when I have a money partner and somebody's ready to go like you know I maybe I'm just at my age and what I'm doing is I'll I'll do five or six a year of these. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a perfect pace. Like honest to goodness I, I did a pace when I first got started I actually did a property a month for 5 years. I remember you
1: mentioning that when you're on stage there that was interesting. And, and
0: you know 60 properties in that short period of time you know to be Full transparency. I actually did not have the infrastructure built around me to be able to support the business side of that. Think about that 60 properties. Yeah. If you know, the scale
1: of that for sure. Well, yeah. if
0: your average rent roll is, you know, let's say it's 1,500 times 60, 90,000 a month times 12, there's $1.8 million in a rent roll. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that. And then I added more after that and things like that. I built it even bigger, but let's just say it's a million dollar business on the top gross side. Mm-hmm. If you actually sit there and you look at most businesses that have a million dollars gross, they have an entire infrastructure built around them and team built. Around them. It was myself and my wife and accountant and property manager and things like that. But I really didn't invest in the infrastructure of the people around me to support it. Yeah. Okay. So, so those were some of the lessons. And then the other thing is I actually bought some properties that were not actually that good performers that ended up being, you know, I could go on, on and on about all the lessons, but, you know, let's say one day I had a a letter that came in the mail. It was a big giant thick package and envelope that had a $40,000 special assessment in one of the townhomes that I had. And mm-hmm. I, you know, being the action taker, I had, I had 11 of, no, I had nine of them. So <laughs> for those of you putting that in your calculator, nine times 40 is $360,000 special assessment.
1: Mm, right. There you go. That's a bad day. That is, that's, that's hurtful.
0: <laughs> so, so, you know, and I could honestly, Dave, we could go into our a entire a tire different direction on, on just that alone. But, but, Here's the, here's the, the Robin, here's the, the point of the matter. Mm. I learned a lot of lessons by going through that kind of a process. And I learned a lot of lessons of having to clean up a lot of those uh, messes. And from that part of those lessons, and some of people would consider, well, that's a failure. Actually, those turned out to be some of my greatest successes because it led me into the path that I'm on now mm. of uh, buying brand new construction. And I own these houses now and they're like a breath of fresh air. Like, honest to goodness, you get a different tenant profile. You get a completely different maintenance profile. You don't have deferred maintenance. It's under warranty. You just Mm -hmm. get a completely, you know, interesting to note when you're selecting tenants. It is totally different picking the tenants for a brand new construction house than, say, a 40, 50, you know, out in Ontario, 110-year-old house, right? It's completely different.
1: No, definitely. No, that's interesting to hear your kind of the story but you're it really is always a progression yeah. and sometimes you know some people decide to you know i guess step up to the next level or whatever that level may be or just a new new adventure yeah. in investing you know residential to commercial or whatever yep. or some people just really find what they like and what works and stick with it and just continue on and and just kind of own it. Well,
0: it's interesting to note how um, my business partner and I have been really having some serious conversations. We're probably, I'm going to say about this close, not this close, but about this close. So if you're watching, if you're listening to it, I'm doing my fingers and I'm doing a little pinchy face, almost like that. Um, We're very, very close to actually pulling the trigger on a 39 unit townhome development in Edmonton. Um, In Edmonton. Yeah, where we'll probably, you know, we can get a property, and a project out of some foreclosure opportunity, and and we'll go mm-hmm. forward. My business partner and I are just kind of putting the the the, the details together now. And he's sitting there, he goes, "Okay, JV Jedi, get out there, and go get the capital." And I said, "Okay, game on, right?"
1: <laughs> nice. So, what what what's this uh, specific property about? Is it uh, you said it's foreclosure, so is it heavily vacant or is a value add play? Or well, what's, interesting
0: what's the... to note the. the, the I don't think I'm sharing anything that if somebody wants to go find it, they can go find it. Yeah. Um, it was actually a project that had been started building. And then the developer and the builder ran into some challenging times and mm. they stopped I think out to 39, I think they had 21 that they started building and it's been, it sat there and then mm. somebody came in and bought it. And I think that person who bought it is having a challenging time to keep it moving forward too. So it might right. be even a double opportunity to do that of going forward. Yeah. And so, you know, from there, what we'd have to do is come in, uh, bring the capital, purchase it. Yeah. Um, and then finish the construction and turn it into a rental community, right? All 39 nice. units. And then the way we'd structure, you know, if I was to give you just, you know, I, I love to teach. So what I would teach is how I would structure it with my business partner and I is we'd, we'd offer 70% ownership to the capital partners and 30% ownership to myself and my business partner. And we mm-hmm. probably would split that 15 each. Right. Okay. Um, which would mean about six units. I would end up with six units. He would end up with six units out of of the transaction, give or take. Right. And then we would set up a manager
1: or the the GT or the the, uh, GP. Yeah.
0: Yeah, The general, the, the opera, the op, the expert in the deal. Right. And then we have capital partners. We'd be the operating partners. And then, you know, we'd set up a a management contract. We'd set up all the manager. We'd run it as a rental pool, as a rental community. And then, you know, there'd be fees in there too, right? There'd be fees that you can have as management fee and stuff. There'd be multiple different ways of potentially making some money from it. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the the big play out of all of this is go out, raise some money, offer a 70% ownership share to the capital partners. And out of that, the play is that I would be able to get potentially up to six units that I would own myself. That's great. Yeah.
1: It seems like there's an opportunity there. I know some parts of Alberta are having having their issues, but this seems like a good, a good opportunity there.
0: Well, let's put it this way. If it's not that one, there's gonna be another one somewhere. Oh, yeah. There always is, right? There and, always is for sure. And and i you know what? Sometimes when I, I sit there and I coach people to think a little bigger, um, one of the things one of the ways re- reasons I love coaching and helping people is because it actually holds you accountable to do it yourself. Right, you mm. sit there and you tell somebody, "Well, think bigger, think bigger." And you sit there going, "Yeah, I got to start thinking bigger." So then <laughs> you actually start, in order to be completely authentic to your coaching, you have to be prepared to do it yourself too, right?
1: Absolutely. I, I always remember one of my mentors told me that uh, he was he used to sell um, you know packages, e- educational packages for real estate on stage, and to the point where he was getting taught how to do this and. He was—he had more of a portfolio, and he was investing way more than these people were training him to how to sell. You know, they weren't even investors themselves. So, like you say, there's a lot of people out there who kind of talk the talk, but they don't really walk the walk. So, I think that's very important. But
0: interesting to note, and, and if, if any of you are ever listening, if you that what I just told you a little bit about what I do is probably the most you'll ever hear about what I actually do. I actually feel not embarrassed. I, I, to me, it's. <laughs> My main goal and my main intention is to serve others, to help others build their portfolio to whatever they want, build the community that I have, and help people make this massive portfolio and change in their life. And the more people I help and serve, the more properties I can buy. That's just Mm -hmm. the way I believe. Um, Most people treat it the other way. Most people think that if I buy lots of properties, everybody will follow me, look at me, everybody else sucks. (laughs) <laughs> right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the other. As a matter of fact, I will actually talk more about other people's successes than I will talk about my, my own. You know, for example, last week alone, I had two wonderful calls with people. One guy nonchalantly said, you know, Russ, we had a pretty good week. We just ra- we, we raised eight hundred and eighty five thousand dollars this past week. I said, oh, I, I guess that's a good week. Right. <laughs> I, I was more excited about him doing that than yeah. if I ever closed on a deal myself. Right. Or uh, another one of the people I was talking to and he was sharing with, he goes, he goes, Russ, he goes, oh, I forgot to tell you. I, I won the, you know, within the real estate investment network, I won the co-venture partner of the year award. And I go, well, why didn't you tell me? And I'm going to sit there high five and send him thank you notes. I was actually pumped up for him. And I go, what are we doing? Let's do a Let's, get on the Facebook live and let's share that good news. Like I'm, I'm maybe it's, it's odd. Or You're weird. passionate.
1: You're passionate, Russell. I, I mean, obviously me- you care. So that's, 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 a, that's yeah. a very powerful thing.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, I, 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 I enjoy the success more of others than anything I will ever do. And, and that's mm-hmm. just, that's just the way I was brought up. And that's just the way it will always be.
1: So. That's awesome. That's good. So where do you see, um, I guess in trends, so I'm, 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 jumping here again, yep. Russell. Um, it's obviously out West is a different market than out East. And depending on where you go all throughout Canada, I know like we talked about some areas in Alberta are having a very, very difficult time. Uh, whereas GTA is still booming and rocking. Um, where, where do you see people in Canada, um, maybe struggling or where do you see the growth and where we are in the market as a whole throughout <laughs> Canada? because obviously we're if, if you look at the last 30 years we are extremely high right now in in appreciation especially in in the GTA area and it's it's concerning for me.
0: Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing and I have these conversations all the time and everybody's looking for the crystal ball and everybody's looking for that and I mm-hmm. take a little bit more of a pragmatic approach and a little more common sense. Um now are there going to be pockets and markets and segments in every market that'll be going up and there'll be some that are going down? Always. Okay. Um, and here's the, just example of a conversation I have with somebody the other day. Now, I'm going to do something visual here for those that are listening. If a market was doing this, and I'm pointing on a fairly steep trajectory up, if that market has been doing that for the last 10 years, or a market's been doing this, and I'm doing my arm with a flat for the last 10 years, just common sense would tell you which one has a greater chance of potentially increasing more. Common sense, would probably the one that's flat has a greater chance of going up. That's just Mm -hmm. my common sense approach. Something that's been going up on a straight straight up climb for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not going to go up again, but it's going to take a breather and it might go flat for a while. It's going to take a little bit of a breather, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is healthy. (laughs) Absolutely. Just just from a pragmatic uh, standpoint. Then the other thing I do when I look at it is I go into a little bit of a deeper look into... Because real estate and the business I'm in is providing rental housing for people. Okay. So the operative word is people. I I will look at the people. What are the people doing? Is the area growing in population? Okay. So are there more people moving in? That's a very good sign. The people that are moving in and the people that are living there, are they working? Okay. That's a very good sign. And Mm -hmm. the people that are moving in and living there and they're working and their incomes are increasing, that is um, even better. That's the trifecta of the people, okay? Mm. Uh, Because it really is truly a people business. So I want positive population growth. I want people working, so a low unemployment, and I want incomes increasing. Then after that, there's a whole other look and supplies and demands and new housing and build and stuff like that. But I first look at the people. OK, you know, for example, let's just take an, uh, uh, an example of um, Ottawa, right? Um, Ottawa, a government town currently in the government town. There's a, a government that likes p- having big, big infrastructure and big government. Um, mm-hmm. People in Ottawa, there's people moving in. The people there are working and they're making more money. Right. Do you think there's any coincidence why the property values in Ottawa are going up? Mm -hmm. Now, for example, where I'm looking at in Edmonton, um, it's flat. It's been flat for a while. It's actually declined over the last little while. But I still think that the, um, the, the housing inventory is being absorbed. The mm-hmm. new housing stock that's coming on is not keeping up because the, the developers have not been releasing new serviceable land. They've been the only thing that's been built over the last, say, five years has been inventory that they've already started and they've had in works. The developers have not brought on a lot of service, new service land. The builders are now running out of their inventory very soon. And my business partner and I are looking at this, probably um better part of maybe next year, late next year, the year after, there could be a shortfall of new houses in the Edmonton marketplace, just because it takes two to three years to bring on a piece of service land to be able to build on. Okay. So then that will ripple off. So some people are starting to buy it. All the inventory is starting to be absorbed. There'll be some people that bought at a peak that will be able to sell that. So all that inventory will be absorbed. Eventually, there's going to come a time where the supply and demand is going to tip and go the right direction and the market's going to start going up. But mm-hmm. the good news right now is I'm able to still buy properties. Like, for example, the last three places I bought, brand new. Now, for um, for people out in eastern Canada, the price I'm going to tell you is not the down payment. It's actually the price. Um, <laughs> I, I bought three suited houses complete, all taxes, landscape, everything done for under $450 each. Mm-hmm. Right? Brand new. Mm-hmm. Now, um, in ontario in some of those cases you add a million to that kind of thing of what yes. you're getting right yeah 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 it, so
1: no it, it and like you said it's very market specific it all depends on on where you're at and the cycle the trends and the all all, all the rules apply for sure yeah. for the uh, for the economic side of things well, and that's and like
0: some grow. people I, I that come and say well i often have portfolio consultations i do with people and they come back and they say well I go. What well, can you buy this place? And they go. Well, our, you know, this place we're looking at. It's you know, one point five million Toronto area. And I said, you know, in in Edmonton, I can show you for probably add another hundred thousand to it. I can actually show you an eightplex, brand new mm-hmm. construction eightplex for one point six million.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could go off on that. Just the the idea of getting outside your own backyard is tough for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, however, at the end of the day, your money doesn't care. Your money just wants to go to work. Right?
1: absolutely absolutely no
0: and most so people true. most people you know most people work away from home in a lot of respects right so yep. why not have your money work away from home too put your money to work where it's going to work its hardest and where it's going to get a return right absolutely. now a little bit of a, a graphic analogy but I, I i once heard that um you know this was from kevin leary mr wonderful so don't hold it against me i i, <laughs> I listen to lots of sources kevin o'leary said his dollars every one of his dollars are little soldiers and his mm-hmm. job of his little soldiers are go out there to put them into battle and to come back and win the battle and to create and bring, bring home more little soldiers with them.
1: Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So constantly be multiplying and growing. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Russell. Well, I really appreciate it. This has been a really good insight and we've, we've touched on a few things, which I think is important rather than just touching on, on one thing that's specific and, at the end of the day, I think it's important for people like for my first responders, people who are listening or not just anyone, anyone working full time, really, it's, uh, it, it's important to kind of get over that first hurdle. If you're just starting to, to look at investing and, and know that there's systems in places and there's coaches out there, there's people who are already doing what it is you want to do and just take a little guidance from them and let them help you yep. and, and know that it's, it's important to, to get that help. So hey,
0: Dave, do you mind if I leave a, a gift for everyone that's listening? Absolutely. Please okay. do. Um, here, here's what I, I, I'd love to do. So one of the biggest challenges people face when, when, you know, we talked a lot about raising capital at the beginning. One of the challenges people have is having that conversation, right? Just having that conversation with people. So I, uh, uh, and, and I tell you how I've come to do this is I'm, I'm shy and I'm introverted. In order to do something like this, I've had to be able to train myself and come up with good questions and learn from coaches and mentors. So what I've done is I've created a, a qualification script. It's a script. It's a questions. It's an entire framework of the conversation to have with a potential money partner to be able to um, have that conversation about r- uh, real estate to see if they're interested in, in uh, investing with you. Um, if any of your listeners are interested in that, I'd love to be able to offer that to them. Um, I know you'll probably have show notes and I'll get that to you. So probably in the show notes or wherever you're watching yeah, it, there'll I'll be a link. Yeah,
1: I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Yeah, I really so appreciate that. I'll, be give, great.
0: I'll give everybody the script that that I use and the questions. More important than just the words, it's the questions and how you answer them and the specific sequence of the questions that will get people over the over the hurdle. So...
1: Well, thanks, Russell. That'd be yeah. great. Any type of value I can I, I can bring and pass along, I off, I, I will absolutely. No, so I'm more than happy. I, let's
0: put it this way: that's what I that's what I love to do. I spend majority of my day helping and supporting others, and then seems like my real estate business is like the eight to eleven o'clock at night <laughs> part of things, right?
1: That's not a bad thing. That's that's great to hear. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate yep. you coming on and I look forward to passing that along. Just one more thing. I, I know we're going to send that out or have the link there, but how can people get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, you know, the, the easiest way would be just uh, russellwescott.com. That's the home of all things um, that are, are that I have. That's where my, my blog is. That's where all my insights, you can get my YouTube channel, all my videos, information about uh, some upcoming events that I'm speaking at, all kind of wonderful stuff like that.
1: Awesome. And I'll also put the link to your, your books on there as yeah, well. Yeah, that'd be so,
0: fantastic. Okay. Thank you.
1: All right. All right. Thanks, Russell. Cheers and uh,
0: good luck with your new project. I right. look forward to doing it again. Thank you. Okay. Goodbye. Hey, hey, hey. So what did you think? Did you enjoy that message and that conversation? So once again, Dave, I hope hope you maybe get a chance to listen to this as well, but maybe you, you don't. Uh, I'll send you a link for this as well. Um, Dave, just wanted to just thank you for being such an, a gracious host, asking such amazing questions. But most importantly, I wanted to just thank you for stepping up and providing a much needed service to an incredible group of people being first responders. So, Dave, uh, you're providing, you're doing a, a, a you know kick butt job. And I also follow you a lot on social media. The projects that you're doing, you're doing some amazing renovation projects out there in Ontario. So, keep it going. Very encouraging to watch. If you ever go make sure you check out Dave Knight and his projects and things that he's doing. It's very inspiring. Okay, so what did you take from this one? Did you get maybe a feeling about uh, maybe you took on, geez, I need to write a signature story. What is my origin story? What is something that I can pull out of my uh, you know my list of signature stories that I can just interject into a conversation on a podcast and um, do that or a presentation or a webinar? Because I strongly encourage you guys is if you want to get known in the industry or you want to get known as somebody who's a mover a shaker. First of all, number one is you need to take action. You need to be an active real estate investor. But at the same time, you also need to broadcast it. You need to share your story. You need to share your message. You need to get the word out to more people. I call that distribution. You need more eyeballs and you need a greater distribution of your message to a wider audience. What else did you take? Did you take um, in there maybe a little bit of confidence on how to approach people? uh, Maybe if you haven't built up a portfolio of properties yet. You know, Dave and I jumped into that conversation quite a bit. And maybe you just need to get over that hurdle of working with other people's money. And maybe the firefighter analogy that I shared in there really resonated with you that, you know what, if you're properly equipped, if you have the proper training, if you have the proper coaching, if you have the proper mentors, if you have the proper learning on your side, if you've done the work and you're equipped to handle it, you too can run into the fire as opposed to run away. All right. With all that being said, one more time, guys. Uh, Thank you, Dave. And the last thing I'm going to mention, if you are interested in having a consultation, so as the recording of this podcast is being done, those consultation times are still free. So if you're interested in maybe even just bouncing a presentation idea or a message or a newsletter idea or a marketing campaign, I have a very depth of knowledge that I can help you out and help you move forward. They're 100% free. They're 100% designed to help you move forward with what's appropriate for you. So if you are listening to this, there probably will be, uh, and if there is a link available, and if there's a spot available, it will be below. So simple message, link available, there will be a spot available. Okay, so if you want to have those consultations, by me, it's hit me up and we'll take it from there. All right, guys, until the next one, please remember, always, 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 leave people feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everyone.